Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. TikTok, 6 o'clock. Welcome into the second half of Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with Bobby Bear, Also, of course, Charlie Long running the show, keeping us in line. If you folks missed it last hour, Drew Brees joined the guys. Uh, you can ha- hear that on WWL.com. Also, by going to the Odyssey app and using the Rewind feature, uh, find out everything Drew had to say about the Saints, offensive coordinator. Also, the Smalls sliders uh, joint opening up tomorrow right there on Clearview and Veterans. Cajun Cannon, I know you in triple option were yeah. talking about some of these streaming services now that we have to deal with and wanted to get into more of that. Yeah, uh, no, because uh, if you look at a crystal ball the next decade or a dozen years, uh, I'm going to ask Charlie Long a question. Uh, Charlie, what year you were born? 1998. Okay, uh, when Charlie Long, uh, four years before he was born, okay, 1994. Okay. That's when the concept of offering an out-of-market, uh, you know, games uh, became uh, business at hand. That's when you remember Sunday Ticket. Mm-hmm. Okay, Sunday Ticket on DirecTV. Uh, that's when it all started, 1994. Uh, now, the package is now on Google's uh, YouTube TV, which paid $2.5 billion billion for that, that rights. So you look how things have changed. And I talked about the streaming platform having the uh, January 13th uh, playoff game between the Dolphins. Uh, you look at that uh, and, and the Chiefs. Uh, that was on Peacock. We had 23 million viewers. And then uh, when you look at it, um, uh, the president of Peacock, uh, he was like saying, I think it's in Matt Kavanaugh, he told War- Wall Street uh, that we couldn't be more pleased. So you look how things are trending, and they're looking for the younger audience and all that. How, well, what is the balance there? You know, uh, now speculation is that it's only a matter of time before the NFL's premier event, the Super Bowl, will end up exclusively behind a streaming, uh, uh, you know, platform. Well, hopefully, it's one of the ones I already have. Uh, boy, <laughs> but 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 Steve, you have to look at the collective bargaining agreement. Everything's um, you know bargain. Uh, okay, for instance, uh, the, the Super Bowl this year is going to be on Paramount Plus, uh, but it's all also going to be on free in every television household that has CBS. And then traditionalists, like I said before, they upset uh, when you look at every you know every viewers have to pay for something they once got for free. They go, well, what are you talking about? I love football. Why I got to pay for this now? I never had to pay for this. But you can relax, like I said before, 
until 2033. So basically a decade. Right. Uh, the last year of the current NFL meteorites deal. So uh, basically over the next 10 years, uh, the Super Bowl, whether it's CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC, uh, you don't have to worry. But after that, uh, it's going to be wide open. Uh, now, the one thing that I want to look at, it, the value of reaching, this is what they look at, you know, advertising and all that. Because what is live TV? Not like everybody, I'm going to watch it when I want to watch it. Uh, but what's the top programs if you look at it? It's freaking NFL. Uh, I mean, it's not NBA, it's not college football, it's the NFL. The value of reaching 100 million viewers in one shot as the Super Bowl, uh, they look at that and it's been unbelievable 100 million plus viewers since 2009. And it ain't going in the other direction. Right. It is constantly climbing. So they look at it, uh, all the executives, TV sports executives, they look at the value of reaching 100 million viewers since 2009. Now, okay, what are the younger viewers? What do they want to watch? Okay, uh, streaming. Uh, remember this year, a lot of fans, uh, they called up to this show about Thursday night football. Okay, I, I love football. Thursday, Sunday, Monday. I'm just talking about pro football. I love it. But younger viewers, uh, streaming-only telecasts, if you remember, such as Amazon's. Right. Thursday night football package and Peacock's regular season airing. Remember when he did that Buffalo uh, Bills-San Diego Chargers game in December? Uh, and they figured out, okay, who's watching what? The younger viewers was eight years younger than the viewers who watch traditional TV. So you look at eight years younger. So you look at the masses, all, everybody who loves football and they okay, watch right. So they look at eight, uh, okay, who's actually watching Peacock? Who's watching Amazon and all that? They're eight years younger, so they have to look at the population and how they're growing. So that's why, uh, listen, it ain't happening now, but you uh, you might be an old fart and you might still be living or you might be younger. I remember when Bobby Hebert said this. In the beginning of 2024, that the Super Bowl might eventually come about what you witness on Thursday night football or what you witness on uh, the playoff game on Peacock between the Chiefs and the Dolphins. It's all going to be about the market. So you won't have, be able to use bunny ears to get the Super Bowl then? Uh, no, it, it, it's going to be like, uh, it, it's going to be like, hey, if you want to watch it, you got to pay for it. And they're going to have millions that are willing to do that. And I'm talking about, again, that, 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 uh, mark, that, that number. Uh, the value of reaching 100 million viewers in one shot, and the Super Bowl is in that since 2009, so you have to look at the younger audience going past 2033, because it's going to be the same from now until 2033. But after that, if you're still alive, uh, who knows? It might be Paramount. It might be Peacock. Who knows uh, what it could be in uh, 10 more uh, years, yeah, right? Whatever the service is, uh, but be, because... People are that interested in, and that's where the market's at. Follow the money, right? Follow the money. Show me the money, homie. Going to take a break, and when we get back, going to talk a little gymnastics. LSU uh, gymnastics coach Jay Clark joins us. The Tigers got a big matchup coming up Friday against number 7 Arkansas. Be right back here on WWL. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. 
That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome back into Sports Talk. Steve Geller along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert. Happy to welcome in LSU Gymnastics coach Jay Clark to the radio huddle. Tigers are 4-2 currently, ranked number 5, and have number 7 Arkansas coming to the PMAC on Friday. Coach, how you been? I'm good, guys. How are y'all? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate the time for sure. A tough outing, last one against Missouri. Uh, but I know your squad's fighting hard and looking forward to this matchup Friday against a top 10 Arkansas team. Yeah, we are, and it's you know I was a little salty after that meet. You know, I, I uh, when you lose, if you lose head to head, and both teams compete well, and you just get beat, that's one thing. But we we kind of uh, couldn't get out of our own way Friday night, and we got to we got to right that ship. And there's no better way to do it than to come home, get in front of a sold out crowd in the PMAC. And uh, Coach Clark, you got to be pleased with um, you know you look at the PMAC and how uh, you know my son T Bob with his girls, he's been there. I mean yeah. that the atmosphere is unbelievable. Uh, to it me, it really is. And, and, and when you just just talk about that, uh, just from uh, like a program standpoint, how LSU gymnastics is that relevant when you consider the SEC in the competition? Uh, I mean, uh, look like Arkansas, who's coming to town, and uh, we all know last year you made the Final Four, but but it's amazing. Always like, what have you done for me lately? But. It's amazing yeah. the crowd support you have here in Baton Rouge at the PMAC. Well, it, it, it's tremendous, Bobby. It, I, I can't I can't tell you what an incredible difference it makes for our kids when we can get in front of, uh, you know, the, the purple and gold ardent faithful supporters. They they don't they not all of them know everything there is to know about our sport, but they know that our kids are wearing purple and gold, and and they understand what what a what a good score looks like. And so it, it's a blast. It's a great environment for people to bring their kids. It's uh, it's fast paced. It's, it's part athletic event and part uh, Vegas show. I mean, because we do, we do pyro and all sorts of things in the intros and it, it kids love it. And it's just a, it's something that, that I'm very proud of uh, over the last 12 years. I got here 12 years ago and, and Didi and I put some things in place to, really target that and try to build that up. I had been in a place where I'd seen it done and I knew it could be done here in this town, especially with uh, the way people are, are, are so madly crazy about LSU sports in this state. And there was no reason we couldn't do it here. And, and uh, it's just, it's been a lot of fun to see it come to fruition. And I can't tell you the difference that it makes in terms of our ability to our kids feed off that energy. And that's true in every sport. But, I, uh, you know, I think in ours it is in particular, particularly when it's a sport that's subjective like ours is. Now, uh, the, you know, Coach Clark, when you look at it, um, obviously uh, you, you look when you fall short. I mean, I don't know. I'd even describe this because, uh, you know, yeah. I would watch it. But 197.325 to 197.225. 
and obviously how you're being judged. But uh, would you say that's a realistic uh, expectation uh, from a fan base that I'm looking at LSU's ranked amongst the top 20 in the country in all four events, including top Mm -hmm. five placements on the vault, uh, bars, floor, and uh, and all that process. Is that something – how do you measure your team and uh, compare it to not only SEC from a national perspective as far as the different events and what it takes – to maybe ultimately get to that Final Four, if not every year, at least uh, uh, maybe once every five years, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you know, our goal is to be there every year, and it's it's tough in a a sport where you can't control the scoring, and it is subjective and those kinds of things. It's tough. So we – we really, you know, every every coach in every sport will tell you that they want to they want to be process oriented and not result oriented. But in our sport, it's it's paramount because there's so many things that are out of our control. Um, you know, in terms of what the score actually looks like, I'm very proud of what this team is doing so far. We did stumble our way. We kind of slept walk through that last week and last meet, and it, it's hard to win on the road in front of other people's environment. You can't do what we did, but. At the same time, it's early in the season. Wins and losses don't determine a whole lot for us as a result of uh, because in terms of qualifying to the postseason, although we want to win them all, and I want to win every one of them. I want to beat everybody. I want to win every championship there is to win. At the same time, we've got to measure ourselves against ourselves, and so week to week is what we try to measure ourselves by, And, and certainly last week for me was a disappointment and unacceptable. We've got to do better than that, and it's great to be it's ranked in the top five, and that's all well and good, but right. we've got to continue we got to continue to get better and we can't we can't expect to win a championship and be erratic the way we were last weekend now uh coach Clark, I'm looking at uh like haley bryant uh educating me and the fans on this i mean I'm looking at uh to begin the new year at the pmac and uh boy uh she looks unbelievable her ability yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, that all of a sudden. Uh, she's won the all-around. Uh, she's uh, number one nationally and all-around uh, through the first month of the season. Uh, how would you mm-hmm. describe her and her contribution to the team? Well, she's um, she's something that uh, she's somebody that you know. I wish every coach could have the privilege of coaching a Haley Bryant. She's <laughs> she's not just the the numbers and the athletic accolades that you see there, but she is as She's as humble and decent and a great human being, a great teammate, supportive of everybody, does not seek the spotlight, does it for LSU and for her team. And uh, I, I've never, I don't know that I've ever coached anybody that's done a better job of managing her success and, and, and not having it um, um, cause any, any issues internally or anything like that. She's just a, a real, just a salt of the earth um, amazing human being, and and uh, as far as I'm concerned, she's the best in the country. Period, and uh, and uh, I'm glad she's on our team because she's uh, she's special. Now, uh, you know, Coach Clark, how do you handle because it's a household name? I mean, uh, it could be uh, uh, like uh, Travis Kelsey, or mm-hmm. I, can't, I can't think of her name now. Um, Olivia. Uh, uh, no, yeah. Taylor uh, Swift. You're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Taylor okay. Swift. Like Taylor Olivia Swift, Dunn's yeah. on that level uh, with <laughs> yeah. gymnastics. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. it's like uh, potentially. Uh, I was reading where you're going to have on the bars again, but, but explain mm-hmm. that process and the balance. I mean, I, well, I, I know as a coach you want to keep her humble, and uh, you got to yeah. constantly compete. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, it's all about the market and uh, what it bears and all that in this day and age. But that, 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 yeah. might, that must be tough 
coaching like an individual, maybe like Olivia Dunn, unless maybe you can explain uh, to the fans how it is and how you interact with her. Yeah, I think, you know, on the, on the, from the outside looking in, you would expect it to be difficult. But I think she and I both made a commitment early on that, you know, her NIL success was not going to affect our interactions. Liv is a she's it, it speaks to the character of her. She's we don't we don't even call her Livy. That's that's a different person as far as we're <laughs> concerned. This is her name is Olivia Dunn when she's in the gym and and so um she's she's just another one of the kids and I think for her it's a place where she uh you know kind of it's a it's a it's a nice change of pace where she can just be one of the kids and and um you know she's done a great job of keeping a great attitude about whether or not she's in a lineup and so because sometimes she's not you know and and actually this year you know she did a better job of coming in from the off season prepared than she ever has but we're also a much deeper team than we've been the last two or three years and so it can you know it can affect whether you're in the lineup i just had a meeting with her today and and you know she just was very good about saying look i want to keep I want to keep working. I want you to know that I'm, you know, I want to know if there's anything else I can do, you know, tell me what I need to do. I want to, I want to get in there, but I recognize I'm surrounded by great gymnasts that are doing great gymnastics. And I'm, she just has a good attitude about it. And I've just been really proud of her as much as anything. That doesn't show up in a, in a, in a score sheet or on a newspaper article, but right. it sure does go a long way towards helping keep the, the chemistry and the, and the locker room and everybody else happy and, Without her having a great attitude about those things, it would be tough. But she's a great teammate. She shares a lot of her deals and, and brings gifts, gift bags, and things to her teammates. And um, she's just uh, she's a good character kid and somebody that um, that I'm, I'm very happy has been on a, in part of our program. Now, uh, Coach Clark, uh, you know you look at football, basketball. The game has changed. Uh, no matter what the sport, name, image, and likeness, and all that. Uh, and then even from a recruiting standpoint, now LSU's amongst the best uh, in the United States. And, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the gymnastics program. Uh, uh, talk about that process. And uh, I don't know if you have enough hours in a day. How do you recruit from a national perspective yeah. and then also from a local perspective? Do you have feelers out there? or uh, How do you connect? Because, I mean, obviously uh, LSU's a top program. Do you have maybe some athletes or programs calling you, seeing you look at this individual? Because it yeah, seems like uh, that that has to be tough. We do. We have, you know, we have. I wouldn't say a network, but you have you have coaches around the country that coach at the club level that, um, you know, they they kind of will give us a heads up if there's somebody that they've noticed or. Um, Garrett uh, Griffith, who's my assistant coach, who heads up our recruiting efforts, does a great job of, of tracking everything online, tracking scores. Uh, he's We're all on the road every week. Anytime we have a day off, we're all gone. Um, and we have to recruit at a national level. The state of Louisiana hasn't traditionally you know, produced a whole lot of, of gymnasts. There's been some really good ones, but there hasn't been – you know, it's not a uh, it's not a year in a year out thing. Reagan it's not Corbell like football. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And so, so we have to go out west, and we have to go up north, and occasionally we have to leave the country. You know, to find uh, kids that that uh, that we want. But it's gotten a lot easier and a lot better to attract that since we got this new facility and and the attendance figures that we've already talked about. It, those are the kinds of things I call those the lights that attract the flies. And uh, and so so we. Uh, 
we've we've been had a lot of great success, and and I'm you know I'm I'm pleased that Garrett does a great job leading us in that uh, in that endeavor, and and um, you know it's great. There's been some great ones from Louisiana. Reagan Corville is one of the best I've ever coached, right. and she was here a few years ago, and and we've got a couple of kids, you know, coming in. We got one from uh, from um, Lake Charles on the team right now, so we we do get them from Louisiana. But it's not a uh, it's not it's not a pipeline kind of state where most of those are in the Midwest and, and out west like California and then Texas has a lot as well. Now, uh, Coach Clark, I'm always intrigued like, like uh, your background, and then you have to look at uh, obviously uh, you look uh, to me. I don't know the Olympics are kind of uh, a part of the gymnastic Super Bowl if I'm going right. to put it in, in those terms. Uh, how what is your interest like, for instance, in Paris? And and and, uh, and the Olympics that come about with that, or are you even involved? Like from a regional standpoint, what what is your take and what occurs? And if you represent the United States, to be a part of that? Yeah, it's something that I, I don't particularly want to be a part of a whole lot. But but I, but we do have uh, Aaliyah Finnegan is going to the Olympic Games in Paris representing the Philippines. Um, she's on our team. Uh, her mom is Filipino, and uh, so she's uh, she's got dual citizenship, and so she'll be there. And then Connor McLean, one of our freshmen, um, she has plans um, to uh, pursue it. She was the U.S. Elite National Champion in um, in 2022, and uh, was out with an injury last year. So as part of what she's doing right now, she's training some of her elite things and may make a run. Um, to be on the United States team, and if that happens, I may be more involved than um, than than normal. But but typically, in my downtime, away from what we're doing, um, I, I I'm not I'm not watching gymnastics. I'm trying to I watch football. I do the, you know I cook on my grill. I do the things that uh, that a lot of you guys like to do too. So you know when I get away from it, I, I like to get away from it um, because you know it's like anything else. You do it every day. Um, you like to have some other things when you when you in your off season. And uh, Coach Clark, uh, how would you describe this? Because it's not like this all around the country. We all know in Tiger Stadium, LSU football, and mm-hmm. then you look uh, going back to uh, Skip Berman and LSU baseball. But what mm-hmm. I've been intrigued with uh, with Coach Malky and what y'all have done with the gymnastics uh, program and the PMAC and people wanting to be in that number, whether it's, whether it's LSU women's basketball or LSU gymnastics. I yeah, mean, yeah. that has to be as good as it gets across the country. It's the best. It's not even close. It's, 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 it's an incredibly unique thing we have going here right now. And, and, and we feed off of each other. You know? I, you know, I love that women's basketball is doing well. And for me, it, it, the better that the better they do, the better football does. The better somebody else. we all do well. We all benefit from that, especially when it's football. And so, you know, I, I think we have a we have a unique brand that coming as a guy from Georgia that just came to here twelve years ago. I'd always been intrigued by LSU. I couldn't tell you why, but I was. And and there's there is you know you hear it all the time and it's cliche to say, but there's there is a mystique to those three letters and it's and and it's everywhere. And uh, I've never seen a fan base. I've been in the SEC my entire career. I've been doing this 34 years. I've been to campuses for ball games and all sorts of things. This place is different. It, it is uh, our fan base. Now they expect a lot, and they're going to get on your butt if you're not doing well. <laughs> but when you're doing well, and even sometimes when you're not, they stay with you, and they stay with you at a level 
that um, that places the other places can't even they don't even understand. You walk around this campus on a Saturday afternoon and the tailgating that's going on, everybody tailgates and everybody will tell you how they tailgate. And I say, uh huh, yeah, come down here and see what this is all about. It's just a different environment, Bobby. It's something that it's a dream as a coach to to be in a place where you have the kind of support that we have, not only from the fans, but from the administration. Not every place gets the support and the resources that we have in our gymnastics program. And we, we train in one of the finest facilities in the world now. And, and, uh, and uh, we have tremendous resource and tremendous support from from the top all the way down, and and it's just uh, it's a blessing to be a part of it. It's it's an incredible environment, and uh, I'm I'm very proud to be here. Friday night, the number five LSU gymnastics team hosting number seven Arkansas in the PMAC. That's going to start at seven thirty. Make sure you go check that out, Coach. Thank you so much for the insights. Appreciate your time, my man. All right, thanks, Coach Clark. Thanks, guys. I lost you there for a second. Thank you so much. If you ain't got tickets. Get there quick because they're going fast. All right, Appreciate you. it. Hope you guys get all the tens versus Arkansas. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good one. Jay Clark, LSU gymnastics coach there. We'll get back with more right after this on Sports Talk here on WWL. We're back here on Sports Talk getting ready for the Pelicans game. Uh, the Pels taking on who they got tonight, guys? The Rockets. Thank you. The Houston Rockets. Yeah, the Rockets. And unfortunately, no Zion Williamson and no Herb Jones this evening. Uh, so, so why no Zion? What, he got a bruise? He's still dealing with that foot issue. He was questionable, and so he is out for this matchup. Also, Herb Jones... Uh, not in the lineup for the well, birds. Well, well, we got to win uh, to have a winning record in January. Uh, that's why. No, we right, need with to seven be, and seven right now. Uh, we need to be eight and seven, uh, or, or, or instead of what seven and nine. Uh, what are we right now, uh, Charlie? Are we seven and seven? Yeah. Uh, so uh, we want to be uh, we want to be eight and seven. Uh, right, seven and seven. So we're going to be uh, uh, eight and seven. Also, want to get rid eight. of this three-game losing skid. Yeah, uh, because uh, Steve, uh, th- that's the thing. Uh, you look in the past, dealing with injuries with Zion and all that, and that was more at the end of January. Uh, but we were five and ten and twenty-one, twenty-two, uh, three and thirteen and twenty-two, uh, twenty-two and twenty-three season. So I thought, uh, oh no, we're going to be well over five hundred in January, uh, but not so fast. Uh, you look where we're at right now. That's why this Rockets game is so important uh, to get over at home and have a winning record. When we talked to Ali Cosell earlier, uh, the, the schedule is very favorable. Uh, now, the one thing I'm telling you, uh, the one thing about the Pelicans, uh, th- they are a good team or a very good team. Are they a great team? Uh, no, because they can't be the great teams. But uh, I think we're more relevant uh, than the Saints, when you look at like uh, the schedule, uh, because you look how many NFL games you play versus NBA. So can we get to 45, uh, 50 wins? And and I would say, uh, okay, uh, look at the NFL. You got 32 teams. Okay, the Saints kind of being uh, hovering around the middle of the pack. Uh, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't know. Are you going to be 8-9 and nine or 9-8? Nine and eight? where I, I view the Pelicans more like from an NFL standard that they would get to 10 wins, but that mean they're going to win anything because they're not amongst the elite. You know, how, how do you play against the elite? And when they win against uh, the elite, uh, they got embarrassed. I mean, that, that, that's not an opinion. How you match up, look, Oklahoma City, what they did against Milwaukee Bucks, what they did against the Celtics. Now, the Rockets uh, were 0-2, but I think, 
I don't know. You should be able to beat the Rockets, but I, I don't think you can afford to go 0-3. But I think that's kind of where we're at, that if I look at both uh, professional franchises, uh, I'm a little more optimistic about the Pelicans than the Saints to actually for sure to be in the postseason. Much younger roster. Yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and doesn't mean you're going to win anything, but a little more relevant than where the Saints are at right now. Charlie, what you got? So, guys, the Pels are on pace for 45 wins with their current record of 26 and 21. That is 45 wins over an 82 game season. Bobby, you're talking about the 50 game mark, the 50 win mark. Uh, not many teams did it last year. Only six teams did it last year, and four of them were actually in the Eastern Conference. Only two did it in the West. But if you're looking at the current West standings, there are four teams that are well on pace to reach that 50-win mark. It's the Timberwolves, the Nuggets, the Thunder, and maybe the Clippers. The Clippers are kind of close. But if you're looking at those four teams, that's going to be your top four seeds in the Western Conference. The only team that could really compete if they continue to make a push, and they've been doing that basically, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10, is the Phoenix Suns. They're currently the sixth seed. They have the talent to make a push for that top right. four seed. But the Pelicans, you're hoping, we talked about this last night, Steve, you're more hoping that they get a five or a six seed and miss out on the playing tournament yes. than get a top four seed and host a first round game in the Western so, Conference. Uh, so, Charlie, uh, am I being unrealistic uh, because you got to uh, correct me and you got to humble me um, that 48 wins? Is that considering going forward? Is that you think out the question? Or I think that's it would not be them taking a step forward because, okay. as I said, on pace right now, forty-five wins. They were on like forty-eight. Now, with that pace, yeah, would yeah, they yeah, be yeah. in the playoff, or is that still playing? So, tournament? looking at the general standings right now, they're yeah. tied with the Mavericks. Right, the Mavericks are the seventh seed. Right in front of them, the Kings and the Suns. The good thing about the Kings is that the Pelicans have waxed the Kings every time they played them. Right, so they own the tiebreaker yeah. over them, so they end up tied in the standings. The Pelicans will get that seed over them. The one team that's a little bit nerve wracking, the Suns. So you have to somehow jump both Dallas and the Kings, and then you miss the playing tournament. That's just kind of how I look at it, given what we're looking at right now. Now, uh, uh, look, I Charlie, I trust your opinion, Steve. You can chime in. Uh, as far as, you know, individual players, because we're all intrigued with superstars. Right. Uh, what's your take on what Luca's doing? <laughs> all of a sudden, uh, who's going to be the MVP? It, was this social media somewhere where they're comparing him like to MJ Michael Jordan? Whoa. And then, like, is Luca been that unbelievable? I mean, what he's done? He averaged a 50 point triple double for a week. <laughs> wait, wait, so, say, say it again, Charlie. He what? scored. Well, he averaged this. What? What? In average, the game, right. yeah, the game that he went off for, you know, seventy. What was it? Seventy-two points, and then the next game he ended up getting over like. Combined, it was over 100 points. Then he had averaged a triple-double in that two-game stretch. I, I mean, that is just – he's unbelievable. He's a statistical monster. If you look at his sports books, like, they're always putting his lines at something ridiculous, like 45, and he's still going over because he's just Luka Doncic. He is the one – like, people will talk about the best players in basketball. I think Nikola Jokic obviously has a claim to that, given that he won uh, the NBA championship this past year. But it's like him and Luka – like Embiid, you can throw in that conversation, but these Autumn are the, the untouchable, <laughs> yeah. the untouchable players in the NBA, and I think that Luca's on the top of that list. Well, uh, Charlie, okay, how? Because you've educated me about this, uh, like matchups. Uh, well, we don't match up well against Oklahoma City, and then not so much against the Jazz, but then we beat them. And, Put a whooping and, uh, on them. <laughs> okay, and then how we match up when we done well against the T Wolves and Sacramento, and you know different teams. How would you say we match up, like, uh, because that's in our division with the Mavericks? How do you look us versus them, you know, Kyrie Irving and all that? Uh, what's your take on that? I hate 
Tim Hardaway. <laughs> and and some, of the, some of that uh, graph mentioned, it's just like this guy is a, a mediocre, kind of like average role player for this team, but every time he plays the Pelicans, he just seems to go off against them. I don't really understand it. Now, talking about matchups, on paper, you would imagine Dyson Daniels, Herb Jones has a pretty good matchup for their backcourt as far as defensively, but I mean, those guys are so talented and so skilled that they can get their shots against any defender in the NBA. So I, I don't like the matchup really against the Mavericks. You saw Jordan Hawkins really give us a game in Dallas with that huge output that he had for a rookie. Uh, but I'm then still you lose. perplexed how he can't get more playing time. Well, then you lose the game, the next game when you have all your starters available. It's right. just the Pelicans' inconsistency. Like Pelicans can beat anyone, they can lose to anyone. But typically, they've beaten the the bad teams of the NBA. That's what you want to see. But you also want to see them at least be competitive against some of the great teams. And you know, while they were competitive for the most part against Boston, they yeah, really it started out late. great. Yeah, it's been it's been a and, recurring uh, that, issue for them. And Charlie, you know the All Star Game and the trade deadline just around the corner. Uh, but look, Jordan Hawkins, uh, you know, rookies versus sophomores and all that. The Pels are going to have a couple of players. Uh, but Tyson Daniel, I think, with the sophomore yep. uh, team. And then Hawkins uh, with the rookies. Yeah, the Rising Stars game. Uh, the Rising Star game. Mm-hmm. And, and then uh, isn't he still leading all rookies in three-pointers? Or Jordan Hawkins? Yeah, yeah, yeah Jordan yeah, Haw- yeah, Hawkins has been outstanding. Dyson is a little bit different. He's only 20 years old, so I mean he's got time to develop an offensive game, but he just doesn't have one. He's an offensive that, black black hole right now. And then now, uh, Charlie, that's what I was going to ask you. You know, look at the trade line uh, coming up. Uh, besides Valanchunas, uh, he's been uh, part of trade talks. Uh, that's what I uh, saw that, from ESPN's Brian yes. Windhorst. He had mentioned that's the biggest name Daniels. all the time. Uh, yeah, Jonas yeah, is yeah, always mentioned because you always got to give uh, but, up but, something but, to get something. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about that? Uh, uh, I don't. I, I don't really like giving up on him too early, but at the same time, if you can get a clear upgrade that can get you into the playoffs and maybe give you yeah. a run, you got to look at it, guys. I just love Jonas because he's a double double machine. I know I'm going to get 17 and 12 from him nightly. Yeah, listen, uh, to me, uh, okay, let's blame the center. <laughs> How about B.I. and Zion uh, make the difference? Well, we kind of talked about this too, Charlie. Uh, uh, Trey Murphy's been ice cold uh, of late. Well, well no, no, I mean. We need a map somewhere to find a, the bucket. We needed our uh, <laughs> star players to be stars, uh, game in and game out. Come on. Coming back with more Sports Talk, wrapping up the 6 o'clock hour right after this here on WWL. Closing out Sports Talk right now, getting ready for a Pelicans versus Houston Rockets matchup in Houston. The Pelicans still on a road trip. Charlie, what you got for us? I got the numbers. I said I would do the math and did the math. Minnesota on pace for 57.5 wins. Denver, 56.4. OKC, 55.8. The Clippers, 54.6. So they're all on pace for over 50 wins. Next closest is Sacramento right now on pace for 49 wins. So the top four in the West, guys, it's really hard to see it being anything other than Minnesota, Denver, OKC, and the Clippers. The Pelicans are just going to look to try and get that five or six spot. Next hour, we're going to get into more Senior Bowl talk. We're going to be joined by sideline reporter Jeff Nowak, who's in Mobile, Alabama, taking in the practices. We'll also hear some sound of what he gathered for the day. Get back back to you in the 7 o'clock hour, like I said, right here on WWL Sports Talk. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.